Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible study in the book of Revelation. Tonight is study number two of Revelation chapter three. And we're looking at verse two, which says, Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. For I have not found thy works perfect before God. And in this study, we're going to um, take some time and pay some extra attention to this word watchful. Be watchful. We find uh, this sort of uh, command, this sort of statement of the Lord made in several places in the New Testament. And this this word is Strong's number 1127, which is pronounced something like Gregorio. And it it's found in some of the the most important places in the Bible as far as um, its uh, its relationship to our time and the time of the end. For instance, this word, uh, which is translated here as be watchful, is found in Matthew chapter 24. And it says in verse, let's see, in verse 42. Matthew 24, verse 42. Watch therefore, and that's the same word, for ye know not what hour your Lord doth come, but know this, that if the good man of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore, be also ready, for in such an hour as ye think not, the Son of Man cometh. And we uh, see this passage, we see these statements, especially verse 42. Watch therefore, for ye know not what hour your Lord doth come. And uh, many people, many theologians, many uh, professed Christians take this verse and they say, well, you see, you do not know, you cannot know what hour the Lord comes. And yet they fail to recognize the the contradiction that that conclusion brings because why would God, in the first part of the verse, command us to watch? Watch, therefore. And what's the reason that we're to watch? For Ye know not what hour your Lord doth come. And you see the problem? If we cannot know, then what is the point of watching? It, it would be foolish uh, to say, now, you you go stand watch. Or, or let's put it in a historical setting. And picture uh, an ancient village or town that has a watchtower. And... And now there's an individual as as they take turns watching for any approaching enemy. And the instructions given to the individual before he goes into the watchtower are as follows. And, and this is exactly what the church is saying that the Bible teaches. They would instruct the man going into the watchtower. Now get up there and be diligent on your watch. You You have to keep an eye out and watch because... Uh, because, well, our safety depends on it. And and yet you should know also 
that as you diligently watch and as you um, painstakingly keep an eye out for any approaching enemy, you cannot ever see the enemy come. You cannot ever blow your trumpet and sound the warning that uh, the one you are watching for is approaching because that's an impossibility. You you really can't know that from your vantage point at the watchtower, that's not given to you to be able to see that or to know that. But just get up there and man that watchtower anyway. You see how foolish that is, how ridiculous it is to give uh, a man those kinds of instructions in the historical setting. Certainly the watchman uh, with his trumpet and with his sword or, or whatever weapon would would uh, be dumbfounded and say, now what's the purpose of going up into the watchtower to watch if I can never actually see the enemy approach and, and if I'm never to blow this trumpet? And you see, the watchman actually was sent up into the watchtower. This is how it would really be historically, given his trumpet, given instructions, keep a, a constant eye out on the horizon and let us know if you see anything. For certainly, if the enemy is coming with this advantageous point that we have this tower, you'll be able to see them afar off and then blow this trumpet clearly and loudly so that all the village can hear so we can take warning. And and that would be the purpose of a watchman. And that's the purpose of a watchtower keeping watch. And yet, when it comes to the spiritual watch for the day of judgment and for the coming of Christ as judge to judge the world for their sinful rebellion against him, the church does actually give those foolhardy instructions that we are to watch, but you can never actually see anything spiritually. You can never actually know anything spiritually. Well, maybe you can know some vague general time, but but don't get too specific and, and don't think that you can actually know the point that he's coming. Oh, no. So definitely don't give a clear and certain sound uh, of a trumpet uh, when you blow that trumpet, no, if you blow it, if you must blow it very haphazardly, blow it in a unsure way, blow it. So we're not really sure if he's coming or not. And it is utter foolishness to give those sorts of instructions. And of course, God does not give those instructions. Those are the instructions of a church that is in darkness a church that is in spiritual blindness. And since they cannot see spiritual things, they assume neither can anyone else. Since they cannot know the judgment of the Lord, as God says in Jeremiah 8, 7, my people know not the judgment of Jehovah. They assume neither can anyone else. And yet, oh, oh, it's very possible to see God's approach because God has told us about this. Now, even here in Matthew 24, a little earlier in this passage, if we just um, go up a little bit to verse 36, let's read this verse and 
and a few verses following. Matthew 24:36. But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. Well, there it is. There it is, many say. What do you need more? You see what God is saying? Of that day and hour knoweth no man, not the angels, only the Father. Now stop your your seeking, stop your looking. And, you know, by the way, uh, we're so privileged to be God's people because as God's people, we take our directives only from him and only from his word. And we do not take directives from the world if the world thinks it it and and mocks uh, the child of God for looking for the last day. Well, that's fine. the The world mocks many things that God says. The world uh, constantly is saying things that are good are actually evil, and things that are evil are actually good. The world doesn't have a clue as to what is right and proper concerning the approaching day of judgment, and if the true believers can know that. They are in absolute darkness. They they have no say in the matter, actually, because they have removed themselves from the word of God. And also, if the church, the present corporate church, declares with one voice in unison with the world, no man can know the day or hour. You can't know that information. Well, we're uh, blessed as children of God not to be concerned at all with what the church thinks, because this church is not the church of our fathers. This church is a church that is one with the world in darkness, in blindness, and in their inability, total inability, to uh, come to the knowledge of truth in and just numerous doctrines of Scripture. The church doesn't even know how God saves. And are they to be trusted concerning the doctrine of the end of time? No, of course not. We, The true believer does not take his lead from the corporate church. We take our lead, our directive. We receive our guidance from God and God alone. Only God, only the Word of God. We're, we're not concerned with any taboo subject that the world says is taboo, or if the church makes a subject taboo, oh, don't speak about the day and hour now. Don't, don't dare come up with a date. Well, that, that's nothing to us. Uh, and if they judge us for doing so, it's a very little thing to be judge of man and man's judgment. No, God is the one who gives us the great privilege and blessing to be able to search the scriptures and to search for truth in every subject of the Bible. And that's what we're doing now. And one of the things we search out is this verse. But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. Yes, on the surface, we would agree. It seems to say you cannot know the day or hour. But the true believer also understands that there are just so many things that on the surface the Bible seems to say that once we dig into it 
and we look more carefully, the Bible actually does not say. And God has written the Bible in this kind of way in order to allow people who casually read the scriptures, who superficially skim the surface of the Bible, to reach wrong conclusions and to reach conclusions that God has not stated himself. And that's really the the dire condition of the New Testament churches and congregations. They They are sloppy. They are careless with the word of God. They do not follow the Bible's methodology in a very um, high degree at all to search the scriptures and to compare spiritual with spiritual to make sure that their conclusion is correct. For instance, it says here again, but of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my father only. And then in the following verses, God gives an example of what he just said in verse 37. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and knew not until the flood came, and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Well, there you have it. Further confirmation, the professed Christian says, who believes you cannot know anything about the coming of Christ concerning the timing of it. See, further confirmation. No man knows a day or hour. Then God gives the example of Noah and the people who were before the flood eating and drinking and they were taken away with the flood, and they did not know until the flood occurred. Exactly what we've been telling you. You you are wrong in your doctrine that you can know the time. Well, now this is exactly the point of those that are superficial in searching or studying the Bible. Very casual. They don't they don't bother to look into the history of this event. For instance, when we go back to the flood account, before the flood came, what happened? Did anyone know about it? Because that's the whole issue. That's the whole thing that we're looking at. Is it possible for someone to know the day or hour? Is it possible to have advanced information? Well, Jesus just said, no man knows, and gave the example of Noah and said, they knew not until the flood came. Well, let's go back. And first we find in Genesis 6 that the Lord gave Noah instruction concerning a coming flood and gives a timeline of 120 years and tells Noah to build the ark. So there is some definite information given in advance of the flood. But more specifically, concerning the day and hour, it says in Genesis 7, beginning in verse 1, And Jehovah said unto Noah, Come thou and all thy house into the ark, for thee have I seen righteous before me in this generation. Of every clean beast thou shalt take to thee by sevens, the male and his female, and of beasts that are not clean by two, the male and his female of fowls also of the air, by sevens, the male and the female, to keep seed alive upon the face of all the earth. Now, 
let's read verse 4 of Genesis chapter 7 very carefully and see what it says. For yet seven days, and I will cause it to rain upon the earth forty days and forty nights, and every living substance that I have made will I destroy from off the face of the earth. Now, what did God just do? What did he do? If we're honest with the Bible, if we're honest with the word of God, what did God just do? He told Noah in advance, seven days specifically, that there would be seven more days and then the flood would come. Therefore, since God told Noah that information on the tenth day of the second month, Noah would know seven more days on the seventeenth day of the second month the flood will come and this judgment of God will take effect. And and look at verse 10 of Genesis 7. And it came to pass after seven days that the waters of the flood were upon the earth in the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, the 17th day of the month, the same day were all the fountains of the great deep broken up and the windows of heaven were open and the rain was upon the earth forty days and forty nights. In the selfsame day entered Noah and Shem and Ham and Japheth, the sons of Noah and Noah's wife, and the three wives of his sons with them into the ark. They and every beast after his kind and all the cattle after their kind and every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth after his kind and every fowl after his kind, every bird of every sort. And they went in unto Noah into the ark, two and two of all flesh, wherein is the breath of life. And they that went in, went in male and female of all flesh, as God had commanded him, and Jehovah shut him in. Seven days later, as God had said, and Noah and his family entered safely into the ark, along with the animals, and then God shut them in and poured out his wrath in the form of the deluge of a flood and he destroyed the earth and all living creatures upon it and uh, what can we learn from this well matthew 24 said of that day and hour knoweth no man and and then the lord gave us the example of the flood and he said that the flood came and they knew not until the flood came and took them all away. And yet here was Noah who knew exactly the day that the flood would come in advance of that day. And so too did his family. And more than that, Noah, the Bible says, was a preacher of righteousness. Noah preached to the people of his day and, and the population of the world of that day was no more than a handful of million of people at most. And most of them, the vast majority of them, would have been living in close quarters to one another. And they all would have known about that, that crazy man, Noah, who was building an ark on dry ground and all the preaching that he had done about the flood. Well, what do you think Noah would have did 
when he received the warning from God. Yet seven days he had been preaching for years and years and years of the flood. And now he knew exactly the very day. Certainly Noah would have told anyone who would have listened. Yet seven days and the flood will come. And when that day would have passed, yet six days and five days and four days, he would have told them all. Well, if that were true, someone says, then why does the Bible say they knew not until the flood came and took them all away? The reason is they did not believe God at the hands of Noah. They disbelieved. They ignored him as much as possible. They dismissed him when they couldn't ignore him. They mocked him. They reviled him. He, he became the butt of their jokes and, and the topic of their conversation. Everyone was laughing at Noah. And so they knew not because they did not hearken to God and take the warning seriously. And then suddenly that day came and the waters did begin to fall from from the heavens and and in a dramatic way and the flood waters arose and then they knew they knew that Noah had been preaching the truth that Noah was correct in everything he was saying and they were about to die and it it doesn't mean they didn't hear it you know there's a difference between hearing something and hearkening, that is, listening with obedience and, and understanding and belief. Oh, this is true. I better, I better go talk to Noah to see if I can find room in that ark. And no, they didn't, they didn't believe, so they knew not in a intimate understanding way until the flood actually came. Well, there, there is an example of what uh, here God is saying, uh, of that day and hour knoweth no man. And then he gives a historical example that we can check out and we can examine and we can look at it at every angle and inspect it. And we can see exactly what Christ means as he gives the event of the flood. And as we do so, we find at the very least that Noah knew. His wife knew, Noah's three sons and their wives knew. Eight people knew ahead of time what God was about to do. And and so we keep reading the Bible. And what does God say about that? About Noah and his family. Noah, certainly a believer, and his family associated with him, the true believer. What does God say about his people knowing and the rest of the world that are not his people, the wicked not knowing. Oh, he says in Amos chapter 3, in verse 6, Shall a trumpet be blown in the city, and the people not be afraid? Shall there be evil in the city, and Jehovah hath not done it? Surely the Lord Jehovah will do nothing, but he revealeth his secret unto his servants, the prophets. And there is a very important statement. God will not do anything. Even little things God will not do, but he revealeth his secret 
unto his servants, the prophets. And then those servants, his people, the prophets, will declare what God has said. And, of course, that's the problem with the world. They don't believe God. They don't trust the word of God. They're not about to uh, hang their their lives upon it and and follow it and obey the word of God. And and so it's as though they never heard as far as their refusal to take action and and to cry out to God and and to beseech him for mercy. Well, here's one place that word watch is found. And well, let's go to one other place also in Matthew Matthew chapter 25, the next chapter, Matthew 25, and it says in verse 13, Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. Again, again, we have to think about this. God commands us to watch, and the reason is for ye know neither because we don't know the day or hour. And you see, it's pretty obvious. That's why we're to watch. If we knew, well, we wouldn't have to watch. But since we do lack that understanding, then we watch in the Scripture. That's the only place God can communicate to us and inform us of uh, an impending judgment or approaching day of wrath in the Bible. We're reading the Bible. We're carefully studying to see if we can learn anything concerning time and judgment. And there, it's very possible God might open up his word to reveal truth to us in that area as he does in any other area. You know, that's God's prerogative. It, it's according to his good pleasure if he wants to reveal of something concerning a, a judgment of his, as he did with Noah and Noah's family before he brought the flood. And here in Matthew 25, let's look a little earlier. Verse 13 again said, watch, for you know neither the day nor hour. Now, when we read the parable of the ten virgins, notice what we find in um, verse 5. It says, while the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. That is, the five wise and the five foolish virgins were all sleeping. And then verse 6, And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. And this time, midnight, is a time that identifies with the great tribulation. And it was during the great tribulation, actually, that God did open up his word to reveal his secret that he had kept hidden in the scriptures as they were sealed up until the time of the end. But at the time of the great tribulation, God unsealed the Bible and revealed to his people the day of judgment on May 21. And there was a great cry that went forth throughout all the earth. All the world heard in an unprecedented manner, really, there, that's not an exaggeration. That's a fact. The world has never heard the message of Judgment Day on a particular date as it did in advance of May 21. As God's people learn this information from the Bible, 
following that pattern of God revealing his secret to his servants. And they proclaimed it. And so there was a great cry made. And and the cry was basically, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. And God's people did so. The elect did so as God saved all those whose names were written in the Lamb's book of life. But again, notice that there is advance warning. There is a trumpet blast, a warning cry before the bridegroom comes. And if you read this parable carefully, you'll find after the cry that the bridegroom does not come immediately. It's a few verses later. But we'll look at this and a few other things when we get together in our next Bible study.